Greetings and salutations. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am great. I thank you for being here. Welcome. This is the King Dreamy Show, and I am honored and excited to have, as we begin this conversation of emotional and mental wellness, one of my supporters, my mentor, Eric Thompson. Well, it is a pleasure and a privilege and an honor to be on this show. Um, you know, I think you are uh, destined for greatness. You are uh, over almost almost halfway, over, over halfway to your uh, purpose and destiny. And it's been just amazing to see your journey and uh, you know, what you've accomplished up to this point. Uh, keeps me in awe, and uh, I plan to stick with you all the way, like Captain America was. Well, I, <laughs> I truly, truly appreciate it. For all my listeners, this man has been a part of a phenomenal journey for me, and this is the reason for me having one of many podcasts focusing on emotional and mental wellness. If you've listened to previous podcasts, I do a lot on um, protecting your energy, healing, and this is all about, about emotional and mental wellness. And so I wanted to bring my mentor on here because I wanted to talk about the importance of maintaining a healthy state of mental and emotional well-being. I'm going to play a little video just defining and then another video on what that is. But I first want to say this man is extraordinary. Um, I met him in school. Um, well, working as well too, but um, I met him in school. And a part of my journey of, of, of mental and emotional wellness was a need to find a platonic or mentorship uh, relationship with another male. If anybody, and I will talk more about my personal growth on my podcast. If you are familiar with me, for those that are listening, if you know me personally, or if you've been on any of my social medias, I always do a transparency um, every now and then just about the importance of loving and owning up and accountability and all of that. And Eric has been a part of that. It is good to have somebody in your corner, especially for somebody as strong as I am, and understanding that I don't have to carry the weight of things. And to me, that's a part of emotional and mental wellness is learning or realizing that you don't have to do everything on your own anymore. Once you get to a, pl a place of balance and you find that support and you find those tools and those resources, you don't have to do it on. But before we get into the conversation, I do just want to define what that is. I found a little video. Um, and then we will go into some questions and just the benefit of or what you need to do to get at an emotion, well-being, state of, of mindset. So I'm going to play this real quick. Emotional well-being is a term that has been used increasingly in recent decades. The implications of decreased emotional well-being are related to mental health concerns such as stress, depression, and anxiety. These in turn can contribute to physical ill health such as digestive disorders, sleep disturbances, and general lack of energy. The profile of a person prone to emotional distress is usually someone with low self-esteem, pessimistic, very self-critical, 
people who need to constantly assert themselves through their behavior. They also tend to be afraid, overly worried about the future, and focused on the past. As Dr. Marissa Navarro says in her book Emotional Medicine, no one is safe from suffering this emotional state. It is a very serious problem that can result in constant states of anger, sadness, worry and even anxiety or depression. On the positive side, enhanced emotional well-being is seen to contribute to upward spirals and in increasing coping ability, self-esteem, performance and productivity at work, and even longevity. Thoughts determine our feelings, and thoughts are nothing more than firings of neurons. And those feelings that our thoughts generate make our body release extremely addicting substances like adrenaline and cortisol. Like with any other addiction, the need to continually feed off these addicting substances tends to make the body think and feel in a certain way. When someone decides to disengage from these emotional addictions, they have to learn to think differently. It is slow, hard work. The connection between the mind and the body is so strong that mental and physical states feed into each other in both a positive and negative way. Feelings depend on thoughts and both determine attitudes and actions. This is the first thing that children would have to learn at a young age in order to learn that they can take the reins of their lives. And their feelings would not depend on what is happening around them, but rather their interpretation about what is happening. Emotional well-being is also one of two aspects of personal well-being that can be measured in quantitative quality of life assessments. The other being life evaluation, the evaluation of one's life in general against a scale. It is a term receiving attention from many groups from new age therapists to management consultants, from outdoor recreation enthusiasts to carers for the elderly. It is also of interest to many parents, youth workers, school teachers, anti-bullying campaigners, and those thinking about retirement as well. And so... I did just a little bit of that for those that are listening, just to give a basis of a definition. But for me as a healer and for me personally, for myself, in the context of what this video was explaining, emotion is attached to everything and your physical and your mental. And it, it derives most of the time from your childhood. There are reasons why you function in a certain way. So to be emotional is one context. Um, to move into emotional wellness is, in a sense, going back and focusing on those things. As a spiritual person, I always say shadow work or for the mundane, non-spiritual or magical counseling. But initially, to be well, in a sense, is, is, is healing yourself. And what I want to talk about today is what are some of those key tools and resources that you can do? Um, in your process of getting things together. For me, a biggest thing is I always say, um, shout out to Stephanie. Her husband is one of my mentors. Um, but I worked for the YMCA and I had this profound conversation when I was there. And I always use that, but building yourself a board of directors, people that are invested in the product that is you. And I have today my wonderful mentor, who is a, not only a mentor, a brother, all of those things, because a person that has been doing so much on my own, I need, for my healing, I needed that support. 
to help balance me out and get me to a state of wellness so that I wasn't overexerting myself on my own, feeling like I didn't have anybody. So for you, Eric Thompson, I just want you to key in on some things that you feel are important in wellness and possibly how, or not possibly, but what it takes for a person to function or understand in wellness um, to keep themselves going moving forward. Well, you know, um, I have my own mentors and um, many of them have never met me. One of them is um, Stedman Graham, who um, talks a lot. If you've ever seen any of his talks or read any of his books about self-mastery. Mm -hmm. And he says, to lead others, you have to first lead yes. yourself. And to me, that has always meant that understanding um, all of yourself, for instance. A person can usually give an elevator pitch, an elevator speech about either their strengths or their weaknesses, but not both. Um, within three seconds, they can tell you all about everything that's wrong with them. That's out of balance. But within three seconds, they can tell you everything you want to know about how great they are. That's out of balance. Because none of us are one dimension. We're all three dimensional, which means to me that there are um, areas of our life that we accept, love, but there are also areas of our life that we loathe and hate. And then somewhere in the middle is acceptance that we are who we are, and that if we can take the lessons learned um, from our struggles, but also. Uh, remember uh, that, that we are great and that the reason we're even still here is because we are resilient people. Um, we can accomplish our goals and purpose. So knowing yourself, number two, uh, <laughs> you're not talking about this a lot. You have to take care of yourself at least at least as well as you take care of your car or your, uh, you know, your clothes or the other things in your life that you value. Talk that video talked about self-worth, self-esteem. When your self-worth is low, you don't take care of yourself. And some people say, well, that's not a fair statement. And it's not it's not meant to be negative or positive. It's a, it's a fact. It's a fact that you take care of the things that you value. And if you um, see yourself in your true, your full glory, you know, you will attend to all aspects of yourself. Now, some of that has to do with education. You have to be educated. In our community, we weren't educated always on the benefits of um, self-care. We were taught to work until you die. We were taught to wear out, not rust out, not wear out. Or wear out, not rust out. We were taught that we were best at work. And that was our values and our ability to work. Well, hopefully we're educated a little bit better than that now. We understand not robots, we're not machines, and that there's some self-care. Self-care does not just mean going to the spa and getting your nails done and your, your uh, toes done. You know, self-care means taking a vacation that you earned. You have an employer that's willing to give you 14 uh, days a year to do whatever you want to do. Take it. Uh, I'm always astounded with people of color, especially I think uh, many people, not just people, but uh, 
they seem to they seem to count it a uh, I don't know some sort of a bragging right or badge of honor that they haven't used their vacation they, they never think uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know that's what the most mentality is very unhealthy. And for people who who uh, have a sort of a genetic predisposition for heart disease, illness, uh, stroke, diabetes, that's detrimental. Uh, and the numbers will bear that out. So I know I'm going long, but knowing yourself, right? Are your limitations, strengths, know where you're great. Number two. Uh, Self-care, self-maintenance. And then three, three finally, is uh, being a part of a nurturing family. Now, what does that mean? Some people say family. If I go down to Mississippi right now, okay, I have probably 100 cousins. And I can call my cousins when we get together. Or something. I, that's nothing I've ever had to ever think about one when I was little, when I was in school, I was picked on. I was really, nobody liked me. Guess what? I didn't care. <laughs> I had my own network. I had more cousins than I could count, and that was never a problem. And if you know me, you know I have seven siblings. I had eight, half seven siblings. So um, that, you know, that's, that was never an issue. It, for some people, they don't have that. I didn't really truly realize that until I appeared to the city. I realized that they don't. They don't that truly don't have any family. And um, that's, that can be, for the human being, and actually for any living organism, that can be detrimental. If you read the, the DSM-4 and uh, differential diagnoses and um, diagnoses for mental illness, you'll see that isolation is almost comorbid with just about everything. Depression, schizophrenia, all of that, you'll see in those bullet points Diagnosis criteria, isolation. Isolation is not good for us. As a matter of fact, uh, if you believe in the Bible, there's a, there's a passage that says there's a scripture that says not good for man to mm-hmm. go And when I say man, I mean man and woman. And that wasn't just talking about a romantic relationship. It's not good for us to Never has been, never will be. I don't care how strong we are. Not somebody who can You know, help to you know, offset that nature of uh, fixing all your problems and handling everything on your own, fighting the saber tooth tiger bites. The problems go back to you know early man, right? But, but we're not that much different. And uh, you can't, you know, Hunter couldn't go out and hunt by himself and say, "Let's dig up behind him and kill him," right? So we're not. So finding some sort of healthy community. Sometimes you have to create that for yourself. If your family is not healthy, you that for yourself. Or what you find that you will allow, and if you're a spiritual person, you know that there are dark forces. I'm not sure what you know you, you, you call those dark forces in your face. You dark forces. And those dark forces first want to get you Once you're alone, then uh, other bad things. So I'll stop there because I know we have Well, and I appreciate you saying that what you're keen on and the, the key aspects of what you're saying is, and I always tell, even in my journey now, how much we need to realize how society or the societal terms are not um, beneficial to us as human beings. We are not designed 
to be by ourselves. It does not mean in the, in the, the living sense, of course, you can live a certain time, but for your mental and your emotional wellness, you are designed to function with other beings. I feel like I'm preaching today. I don't know. But um, that is very important to understand that as you're looking for this job, as you're trying to get career orientated, it is best for you to surround yourself around people that are like-minded, people that can support you and people that can help motivate you in that direction. Because why wouldn't? If there are people that have accomplished the things that you desire or have any insight to me, in my mindset, I seek out that knowledge. But there's something about us as human beings that we get a there's a chemical, or and it, it, it's 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 something that that functions in us to feel that sense of unity and community that that helps in wellness and emotional being. As Eric just mentioned, he didn't really worry about those things when he was young because he had family. He didn't realize till later on. But for someone who didn't experience being around a huge family or didn't have their mother or father, things like that. I had family. There were things that went on with my family, but I didn't, I didn't have always feel that sense of security. So that could cause a certain level of emotional and mental decrease. We talk about people who are going through psychological um, disturbances. This could be rooted in their environment. I also want to say, you mentioned in the Bible, but it also in Greek mythology for my spiritual practice, even just my, I love Greek mythology. It once it says that Zeus created, when we're thinking about love, why we're so drawn to each other, that Zeus or whoever, which Roman or Greek, humans were two, they were two beings in one. And so even in the context of those definitive things, religious or spiritual, we are created for each other. I always tell the people that I work with, um, you know, those that I give spiritual advice to, it is very important to check in. I just had a podcast yesterday, podcast yesterday um, with someone that is a part of my life where we talked about money. Everything is, is tied to everything. You cannot, or it is not proactive to be a business minded or create a business if you're not mentally and emotional, mostly balanced. It will start to pick at you and you, whether you're at work, whether you're going, um, whether you're at school, when you are not dealing with what's going on inside, eventually those things will start to tear down. And this is my purpose of having these conversations is because yes, things are going to happen. Things are not going to be perfect. But and knowing how to recognize, because that's what we're going to get into now, learning how to recognize those triggers and those key points and, and, and being able to communicate that is still part of emotional um, wellness, um, emotional mental wellness. It doesn't mean that nothing is never going to happen. It just means in this point of life now, if you understand or learn what is the cause of your emotional and mental wellness, you can now do something sooner than later and be able to function even in the midst of those disturbances. And so for you, Eric, what would you say, or when you're discussing things with me as a mentor or anything, what is your concept on how, 
and of course we're both still learning you have just said that we're all but what are what in your life now versus then helps you recognize or what you would say to anyone about how to pay attention or what's the cause not the cause but how to be attentive or understand where that comes from and moving forward in that so restate the question so for emotional mental wellness what are for you what are the signs of a person's mental and emotional wellness being compromised got it, got it. All right so i believe there there's to me there are two main thermometers uh, or gauges or indicators one obviously is your physical being and how your body is reacting to stress so that's again. I go back to knowing yourself, who yourself. Uh, I know when I'm stressed because I how my body reacts, the pains I feel that have no explanation, these phantom pains. Um, I know when I'm bent over my desk and I start to cramp up. I know that it's probably because of mental stress. I know that if I start having stomach problems, there's something bugging me uh, that I need to deal with, or avoiding. Um, so that's knowing yourself. But number two, I think, is having enough trust in other people to tell you something. So if you have someone in your life, check them. You're willing to listen. And I think that's the hardest thing. Number one, if you don't have honest friends and family members, they're not going to tell, tell everybody else. They're just not going to tell you. Carl Strip. Call them Carl. They call me. Oh, yes. And, you know, they're going to tell everybody else. They're just not going to tell you. But the, the, the trusted advisor is going to come straight to you. You're going to say, hey, I'm worried, friend. What's going on? Can we talk? Have you thought about this? And between sort of your own self-examination, knowing yourself, which leads to that self-maintenance I was talking about uh, as well, because, you know, just like... Um, your car, if your car starts making funny sounds, you're going to take it in and say, hey, these are the symptoms. What is going on? Because I love my car. Can you fix it? So that self-maintenance comes from knowing yourself and then doing something about it when things aren't right. The other side of that coin is having someone in your life that you trust enough, trusting them enough to listen. And they say, you need, to, you need to take a look at this. You need to check it out. That, that does. Sense. And what Mr. Thompson is speaking to is taking time to pay attention to yourself. A lot of times, as I'm explaining to people, even with myself, you know, I the one thing about me is I've had diabetes since I was a child. So <laughs> everything affects everything with me. So I am a little bit more experienced and skilled in paying attention to things because medically I have to. But for a person that is not suffering from um, life-threatening adjustments is what we're going to call it, it is key when you are... The interesting thing about it, as I said before, how everything is attached physically, emotionally, and mentally, as much as you're saying, oh, I'm okay and I got this, you know, you're having pain, spasms. 
you're feeling sick. And a lot of times going into the doctor, that is caused by stress. What is stress the product of? Emotional and mental imbalance. You know, if you're not expressing how you feel in your work environments, if you haven't sat down and had that conversation with your wife or your husband about really what's going on, you're suppressing and putting that inside. Spiritually, what we call that for, you know, as I am a practitioner of witchcraft and things like that, and just for the other spiritual aspect, that is shadow, you're pushing things to the shadow realm, which is not gone. It's in your subconscious or your other spiritual place. For those who are a, a, another religious context or just in general, these are basically things that you're avoiding that are going to be addressed. You cannot avoid your problems. They're going to be there somewhere. And a lot of times what we think that we've dealt with comes back medically. Whether it's issues with, I mean, there have been times, and I'm so thankful now, but there have been times that I realized I had to cut certain people off. I had to protect my peace because it was making me sick. There were times I was, I honestly, Eric, remember all being out of the hospital so much in these years since I have practiced mental and emotional well-being. I don't have to go to the hospital like that. I'm in such a great mindset. I feel good. I feel great. And this is the importance of emotional well-being because you can initially start to self-heal. But as I was asking Mr. Thompson on, what are the signs of that? Your body will tell you. Your body is an automatic, I'm looking for the word, but like a sign, a signal, it will tell you. When you start to look, people always want to know about bags in their eyes and things like that. Those are physical signs of not being well. When you're looking down, where you're not looking at your, when your vitality is being compromised, that's associated with your mental and emotional well-being. And it's important for you, as he said, to have friends. Like, I'm the type of person for me and all my friends and family know that. Do you want to be pacified or do you want the truth? And, but in all sense, I, I want friends that are going to be like me because I want to do better and be better. And this is no judgment to anybody at all. But if you want to be emotionally and mentally well, if you want that relationship, if you want that job, if you want to be at a greater place in your life, then these are the things that you need to focus on so you can be better, so you can do better, so you can have better. And so I really appreciate you saying that, Eric, because it is like a car. You have to take your car in, or not even just car. I need to take my cats to the vet, though. <laughs> but it's like you're, every what you care about, what you put into what you care about is the basis of, of the longevity of it, if, if you understand what I'm saying. The longevity and the vitality of what you care about is associated with the emotional and mental state of that being. So just like people, people watch people go over the top for their pets and their cars, they last long because they're taking care of those things. If you do not take care of what you care about, yeah, it's not going to last that long. So focus that attention and direction back onto yourself. I said that I want to live to 100 years old. Do I know for sure that's going to happen? No. But is, is, is there a big possibility that that is? Yes. You know why? 
because I am putting and focusing and directing my life into being better emotionally, being better mentally, because those things, it's so interesting, the science and the spiritual basis of how we are as beings, but yet we neglect that. Money is good, but it's a tool. It's a means to something greater that you need, but everything is attached to your emotional. We are emotional beings. There's no way. You see so many people who are rich, who die young or die miserable because they're not focusing on those things or they haven't found the tools or the resources to function in a balanced state or be fully well. And I myself, at this point in my 35 young years of age and really focusing my career and myself and my life on being better so I can live better, especially because I have dealt with diabetes since I was a child. It is the utmost importance for me to live as long as I possibly can. I don't want to go too much on that. You know, I get to preach about, but it's, we are great. And all the things that we are capable of doing but sometimes we neglect ourselves. And why is that? Where does that come from? And so as I have talked about, and as Mr. Thompson, Eric has talked about, these are some of the keys or some of the, the signs of mental and emotional wellness. Childhood triggers. If you, for me, I had to sit back and really think about the fact that I am so blessed, Eric, like even talking to other people, the fact that I'm going to go see my father next weekend. There was a time where me and this man used to fight. But do you know how much more emotionally, even though, let's be honest, this was my father and people could say, well, he abandoned you or, you know, you have the right to cut that off. But if that's important to my emotional and, and mental growth, to address that and solve that, then I need to do that. Does it mean that we're going to be best of friends, but getting to a point of coexistence and functioning because as a human being, I don't care what nobody says. As a child, you want to know who your parents are and who your family are. That's part of who you are. That's part of your being. And so now I feel great that I can talk to family and I can function with family. And I can be with family without it being an emotional burden, which causes me to have better functioning relationships. Is everything going to be the way that I want? No, but it will be the way that I need because I'm focusing on that and I'm striving for that because I have people in my life. The one thing that I, I, I am very glad that I have is I have a person like Eric in my life that we can have honest conversations about, especially as men, about what we've been through and how we can accomplish that and support each other. Everybody needs support. We all need somebody to lean on, like the song says. But this, I, I, this, this message today really is, how do you recognize those? Because sometimes, honestly, Eric, people don't realize that. People don't know. They don't know. As you said, you didn't realize that or realize what you had or what you didn't have so you got to a certain point in your life. Sometimes people are oblivious. They really don't know. And so I thank you for that, um, that insight. And so 
I want to now focus on, you know, because I am a spiritual being, um, why spiritual healing and growth are important and stunt in understanding how to protect yourself and improve your state of being. And we touched on on things like mentorship and 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 support, but you've gotten to the point of of, of seeing and recognizing those triggers, your physical state of being and things like that. I want to focus now on keeping that consistency. And I just, just in a sense, tapped into that. But spiritually, why spirituality and religion are important to our emotional and mental being. But even outside of that, how do you continue to protect yourself further on? What things you should be doing in your life outside of mentorship? outside of just those people as you said you mentioned something eric about being your own but what what things do you eric would you provide to someone or tell them to be doing to protect themselves and my country i feel like my my mid i don't know like my (laughs) i'm trying to get my words out right and sometimes this slang comes out but nevertheless for those that are listening spiritual healing as i've said is very important And I just want Dr. Thompson, well, future Dr. Thompson, but to really touch on the basis of what does a person do in their life, in the state of emotional and mental wellness to continue to protect themselves? What are some other keys that they could do in becoming the great being that they desire to to be? So, um, Talk about, and I'm going to go back to something multi-dimensional. You know, but we are spirits, and um, I know some people may not believe that, but there is something that connects all of us, even to the earth. There is, um, there is something we can't see that is um, energy, spirit, soul that connects all. Of us. It is why. You can't watch a George Floyd video and not feel something deep inside of you. Um, some people uh, are so disconnected that they can't tap. Uh, all of these are states of, of spiritual health. Okay, if you're spiritually healthy, you know you have an empathic relationship with people uh, that not only allows you to be a good friend family member, but it also allows you to be nurtured, okay? My mother can call me. She, she seems to be 12 hours. She can call me. I feel better call me. Um, we are meant to be in community. We are all part of one place. I know that's getting some other things that Christianity were found around, but I think if you actually read the scriptures with an open mind, you'll see the, the evidence of that. Bible says, breathe the breath of life into them. That means that whoever is breathed or himself into this, talk about breath, not talking about physical bone and sinew, talking about something that binds us all together. Does that make sense? Yes. And so, and so, if, if you call that spirit or energy, that's fine. But just like other parts of you, that needs to be in balance. How do you find? find that balance through um, 
And I'm not saying I'm an expert in those drugs. But you find that balance, you find that point of health and, and growth and maintenance just the way you do your physical body. Okay, You got to take some time out. And you have to uh, nurture that part of you. For some people, that's prayer. For some people, that's meditation. For some people, that's yoga. I mean, I think there are lots of ways to do it. For some people, I used to have a, a lady in my graduate program who uh, would invite me to her house for dinner. And she says, you know, Eric, we were on our way to church uh, uh, this morning, my husband and I. And uh, we saw this field of flowers. We just pulled off on the side of the road. And we just went way down in the field. Wow. Why do you think we did that? Because <clears throat> they were nurtured by something that was that they saw that was beautiful in nature. And at that moment, that was more what they needed than maybe sitting in a building, right? Mm -hmm. uh, listening to uh, a sermon. So you have to know yourself first. And then number two, you have to you have to do something. And I, and I always say, uh, we're action oriented. You have to do something. I just think about it, talk about it. Let's say, man, I really need to take a break. I really need to check out. I really need to do this. And you don't do it. You have to actually take the necessary actions to maintain your emotional and spiritual health. Here's the other piece. Being open. Uh, I think that there is always, you know, your body knows what it is, but your spirit also knows. You ever crave something? You're like, why am I craving potato chips? <laughs> you may need a little iodine. I need a little salt, right? Mm -hmm. uh, craving fish. Why am I craving? Well, I think your spirit craves as well. But when you're so out of touch with your spiritual being, sometimes it can be very difficult to know what it's telling you. It, you know, sometimes you just need to be to sit with someone. Sometimes you just need to go into your secret place. Sometimes you need uh, to hear an uplifting message. There are lots of uh, ways, I think, to bolster your spiritual being. Uh, but you have to be open. You have to be willing. To listen to it. Last thing I want to say about this is that uh, whatever your faith system is, whatever your belief system is about who you are as a person, you got to know that you are more than your physical body. And I think that sort of limit limitation uh, holds us back. So when a person tells you that you can manifest, a person tells you that you just, you know, if you put it into the universe, a person tells you that if you uh, believe and if you have faith. And then you automatically shut that stream off, right? You shut that stream off. You know, you only really exercise a, you know, a very small fraction of the uh, power you have. You know, at the, end the, at the end of the day, again, no matter what your faith is, you have to know that there's a difference between us and the, the, the average animal or bird or other organism on this earth, right? There is something very unique about us as organisms. And part of that is that we do have Bible college dominion over the world. Other people would call it influence. Other people call it uh, call it uh, ability to manifest or power of attraction. We, our minds, are much stronger than matter, but we have to understand and know it and believe. And I appreciate that so much. I truly, truly am excited that I was able to get one 
actually, Eric, you you are really for everybody that's listening. I am a great person, but even a great person still needs somebody else. And this 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 man has really transformed my mindset on the importance of continuing to be who I am because sometimes you lose faith in yourself and I am needed, but it's because of him that I have stepped back into that and realizing that and, and getting over that. And, and he is truly a part of my support system and I appreciate it. Before we go, I am going to play a video, just an inspirational video because anybody that knows me knows that I love them and this is one of my tools to get through. I, If you follow my social media, CJ the Phoenix God, if you follow my Facebook, Phoenix Rises or Carl Cummings, whatever way that you have gotten in contact with me and some of it is a little, you know, I'm a millennial so if some things you don't want to see but overall, the, the, the consistent message that I always have in my surroundings is be inspired, be motivated, deal with what's going on, fight for love, continue to grow because you are important, but you must first be important to yourself. And so I'm going to play this video real quick. It is, this is not the end, an inspiring speech on depression and mental health. And everything in life is a negotiation. That's a commercial real quick. When you cross the street is a negotiation. I want you to know that no matter where you are in life, no matter how low you have sunk, no matter how bleak your situation, this is not the end. This is not the end of your story. This is not the final chapter of your life. I know it may be hard right now, but if you just hang in there, stick it out, stay with me for a little while you will find that this tough moment will pass and if you are committed to using this pain using it to build your character finding a greater meaning for the pain you will find that in time you can turn your life around and help others going through the same struggles The world right now is in the middle of a mental health crisis. It's estimated almost half the population suffers from depression at some stage throughout their life. Rather than join the queue, it's important we learn why we get down and then how we can change it. Because believe it or not, we create our own negative feelings and we can also ensure that we turn our lives around and be a positive change for others. The reason anyone gets depressed always comes down to the consistent thoughts we think and the consistent beliefs we hold. Let me say that again. The reason anyone gets depressed always comes down to the consistent thoughts we think and the consistent beliefs we hold. The point here is that anyone that is depressed is so because there is an external factor that didn't materialize in their life. They have lost something outside of their control or don't have something that is out of their control. In school, we are taught how to get a job, but no one teaches us how to live in a state of happiness. No one teaches us how important our conscious and unconscious thoughts and associations are. Is our happiness not worth more than a job? Yes, it is. 
And before you say happiness won't pay my bills, happiness will pay your bills. When you realize you will be 10 times more energized, focused, and take positive action in your life, when you first choose to develop yourself as a priority, and then get to the stuff of the world. I've seen some people who many would consider to have it all in their life because they thought they were not good enough. A thought, a belief within them, told them they were not worthy. These people that many were jealous of, many envious of, were not good enough. You must value yourself enough to take the time every single day to work on you, to engage in something that will ensure you are a positive influence on the world. This, of course, doesn't mean life will suddenly be perfect. The same life challenges will show up, but if your mind is strong, if your mind is at peace, your reaction to the challenging times will be very different. Your reaction will be, how can I make this work? Not why is this happening to me? And then others will look to you, not with pity, but with hope. Because your strength will become their hope, their strength. You really can be that powerful. You can ditch the victim story. You can leave the pain behind and focus on how you will react next. How you will react positively. Read. Read all you can read to get your mind in a positive place. Take steps to ensure you'll be in a better position next time. Whatever pain you are suffering from, how you can ensure it won't show again. Take little steps and soon you will be at the top of the staircase. Don't give up. You are worthy. You are more than worthy. You deserve to experience how great life can be and you owe it to the world to be that positive change for others, to inspire others who will look to you and say, he did it, she did it, and I can do it too. Wow, bro. I listened to that. That is a powerful message. And I got that from a YouTube video. Um, but this is the message today is it's not the end. There are people that want to help you. There are things you are going to overcome. And for me, finding and building those relationships with people is just one point, but I love living life. I love that I have been able to be such a vital part of people's lives. And that is a powerful message to be able to get through something and overcome something and empower someone else. That is the cycle and the energy of emotional and mental wellness. And my mindset is once you get to a balanced state in your being, you can affect and you can, you can literally keep the cycle going. There is a lot going on in this world. I sit and I talk about this with Eric so many times. It just breaks my heart, the amount of hate and suffering that we have all endured in, in this, this, this life of human existence. But there are still great things that have been accomplished as well, too. And once we challenge ourselves to get to a state of going and figuring out what that is and tapping into that and, 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 and increasing 
and and metamorphosizing what emotion emotional and mental wellness is for us i i know for me that's when a change starts and i am so excited to have my mentor on here for anybody that's listening i'm going to do great things because this man is a part of my life and I love helping other people be great as well, too. And that's what unity and community is. That is one of the, the greatest things, a part of mental and emotional wellness is being connected to other people that are on your level, that are trying and that are striving for greatness. And the more people come together, the more there's a chain of emotional mental wellness that in this world we need right now. And so, Eric, I appreciate you being on here with me. Do you have any last messages for the listeners on this Sunday today? I do, and Carl, I appreciate you. You've already done great things. You're doing great things. Um, you know, one thing I appreciate about you is that you don't measure yourself according to other people's standards. You set your own goals. I think that is part of the secret to your success. So to your audience, I would like to say this. Um, Think about Martin Luther King Jr. He went to college at 15 years old, Morehouse. Literally helped to change the world. He did it all by himself. Helped to change the whole world. Uh, Made an impact greater than probably most uh, other leaders the world has known. But died at 39 years old. So when you think about time, that I love that video talked about. You feel a certain way because of your thoughts. And because mm-hmm. we think that we're out of time. We think that we wasted too much time. We think that our time has passed. But believe it or not, if you're a late bloomer, I was a late bloomer. And um, I didn't really start to figure things out until I was in my 30s. But after that, you know, I start to set my intentions, set, set goals. I started to spend time with people who had similar energy, similar beliefs, and things changed. So wherever you are now is not necessarily what the rest of your life is going to look like. And I know that seems very simple, but many people in their spirit, they just can't see it and they can't believe it. They believe, uh, it's, it's, it's when I work with young men who live you know, in some of the most you know, rough areas. They don't believe they have a future, but you have a future. And matter as a matter of fact, you have a future that you can influence, that you can write. It all starts with your thoughts and and your belief. If you believe you can do it, you may not be able to do it in a, a month, but maybe you can do it in a year. You know, if there's a, if there's a task you want to complete, I had a lady. I'm going to end on this. I had a lady came to us when I worked at MCC and she's like, I want to get my degree in computer science. This lady was in her 40s and she had nine children. Now she was an unlikely candidate for that program. There was nobody in that program that looked like her. Well, she finished that program, walked across the stage and got a job at CERN. And if you know anything about CERN, CERN doesn't hire typically older people. They like to kind of grow their own straight out of college. But why am I saying that? I'm saying that you don't know, just like I don't know if I walk out of my house and get hit by a car. What I also don't know is if I walk out of my house, if I run into somebody who can give me my next opportunity and change my entire life. So part of that self-maintenance is, 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 is asking yourself, why is it that I always think about the 
numbers. Why do I always think about what I can't do? What would happen if I think about what could happen, possibilities? What would happen if I thought about what the best case scenario would be? And I promise you, I guarantee you that things will change for you. Change how you think about these things. Take care of take care of the baby, the, the, the little you, the damaged you. Take care of, of the of the you that was traumatized, that was wrong, that was hurt. Take care of that. Go see somebody. Read some books. Now get that stuff off of your chest. That stuff doesn't belong inside. It belongs outside of you. There's more room out than in. Okay, get that. Get that taken care of so that you can move on. Because my God, your God, whoever that benevolent spirit is, does not love me any more than he or she loves you. I say. I didn't do anything special to deserve what I had. Carl didn't do anything mm. special to deserve what he had any more than you. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I believe that we all came here the same way. And we all deserve the same benefits. We all deserve the same success. We all deserve, deserve the same uh, beauty in our lives. You just have to believe it. And you just have to know it in your spirit. So, Carl, I'm going to end on that because, you know, I can go all day when, I, when it comes to, to talking about. <laughs> well, and I truly just listening, y'all, this for my listeners, this man, and if you just even thinking about it, I, I mean, I have, have cried because for me, especially for us as men, we need to understand the importance for our emotional, mental well-being to be more supportive of each other, regardless of what our life is and encouraging and loving each other. And so this man, for anybody that knows me, that knows my lifestyle and how, how much I always strive to be a loving and supportive person, I have that. And so I am not worried about what life brings because this man has supported me. And I, I think it's great. And I want to end this since he brought up Martin Luther King because I love Martin Luther King. That is one of my idols. And that is who I'm striving to, you know, resonate with in my own sense. But there is a quote that he says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, keep moving. And I'm going to end this saying keep moving if you sit down with me and i tell you the story of my life and everything i've been through and i have people you'll be like wow but i kept moving i kept being encouraged if i didn't have the answer or the way i found someone like eric thompson and i encourage everybody that's listening keep striving for greatness and keep looking out for yourself because you deserve to be happy you deserve to be loved you deserve to have everything but it starts with you and so i'm going to end this today Please, all those that are listening, follow me on my Instagram, CJ the Phoenix God. I do tarot oracle card readings. I am a spiritual advisor. I'm also returning to finish my degrees in psychology. I want to be a great motivation, inspiration, and leader, as Martin Luther King is, and just helping people transform their lives. And so follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook. And just find somebody that you can, you can connect with and you can take the weight off of life and just be able to be supported and to be encouraged. And if you don't have that, be that to someone else. And so I thank you, Eric, for being here. This was a phenomenal day. I'm so excited to have you. I will have you on here more. But I wanted people, my listeners, to be able to hear 
a person that has been a part of my life. This man has done so much more that I won't even talk about on here, but I appreciate him and I appreciate all those that all those that are listening. And I will end this saying, be blessed. May the mother creator, may the creator guide you in your journey in life so you can accomplish everything. And I end this saying, au revoir, ciao bella, adios, assalamualaikum, and peace and abundant blessings unto you all. Have a blessed day. And I'll see you another time. This is the King Dreamy Show.